Hello. Hello, John. <coughs> Hello, Dan. Ah, it's good to, good to uh, speak to you again. Your voice sounds very nice this time. Mm, I changed a lot of little things here. Changed, changed everything. some settings. Yeah. You're using a universal audio preamp. I am using the universal audio arrow, and nice. um, it's oh, working. What's wait, that? there's some there's some background noise. There's some. It sounds like a like a phone call used to sound. Hmm. There's a little bit of like 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 room tone. Well, there, there, yeah, that could be. But I mean, it's like not room tone. It's like static. It's uh, it's like uh, air. It's like it's going across. Oh, it's it's a thousand degrees Some... in here. So I have like fans on because. Oh, it's, it's the fans. Yeah. So I'll I'll turn I'll turn this one off here. What? Is that, Why, did that do uh, anything? Did that help? No, it's the same. Uh, then I don't think it's then I don't think it's the fans. Why is it? Because a I don't hear it at all in my headphones. Oh. Well, it might be that my entire computer operation uh-huh. is a fucking barrel of garbage poo. Yeah, I did, I turned off the fan that w- could have been making a little tiny bit of noise, and uh, and now it's it's dead mm. silent in here. I hate all computers, Dan. I hate them. Hate them. Hate them. Hate them. Is the sound so bad that you'd like for me to call you back? No, no, no. It's actually quite pleasing. Okay. Like I say, it's the <laughs> it's the sound that I always associated with talking to someone on a on a telephone line. Um, it's 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 less now, it's quite a bit less. Okay, but it's you know it's soothing. It's um, I don't like too much clarity. That's why I use the awful program Skype, the yeah. abominable program Skype yes, that is, somehow it made is an itself. abomination. Yeah, it's somehow the standard of the of the form, and yet garbage. You know, the, some of those uh, Marco Arment types uh, complain about the quality of uh, my voice because I don't record at my end. Yeah, that'd be nice Just, if you if you ever wanted to. We can we could do that. I know you're capable of it. Oh yeah. Oh, if you want to, if you want me to record, by golly, Dan, I'm ha- I'm happy to. Let's I, do Merlin it. doesn't like me to because he doesn't want to do any extra work. But, oh, I want you to, and I don't mind yeah. the extra work. Oh, well then let's, uh, let's immediately commence doing that. Do it. Oh, well, all right. Do you want me to do it right now? Yeah, do it right now. And what, what I'll do, and this will be nice is I will buttress your recording yeah. into this one. Oh, let's see what, and, see and the changes. All, all of a sudden people will hear you sounding sexier. Let's see. Let's see if that works because, because, well, first of all, it takes, <clears throat> because my, my computer is a garbage barge. It takes a while for Adobe audition uh, to load here, you could use you could even use QuickTime if you wanted to record it. Well, I don't. Let's I don't do this know. all. This make this part of the show. I don't know what QuickTime does or is. Isn't that something? Isn't that like a program that I would use to watch TV or something? You you could use it for playing videos and stuff. But if I I think they still ship QuickTime with the Mac. It's on mine. But you mm-hmm. uh, you run QuickTime and then you do new audio recording and then you just it just records whatever input you've selected. Just straight to a, I think it makes it as an MOV file, which is fine for me. I can convert that. Uh, well, that is or just do audition, gonna, do whatever you like. Just, that's I don't just care. Gonna complicate things. All right, here we go. All right, so I'm gonna. Oh, but wait a minute. Uh, What's what? What Dropbox folder do I put it in? I'll give. I'll make one for you right now. All right, and then I'll right. I'll text it to you, and you can put it up in there. Okay, because we'll have our own if, little uh, shared folder just for us. If uh, if I put it in. 
one of these other ones, it'd oh, be all screwed up. Don't do that. No, no, no. And That's if you set it up, good. if you set it online, then people would be like spamming your <laughs> Dropbox yeah, folder with like fake Roderick on the line or fake uh, fake Roadworks, right? They'd be it. like, they'd be like, haha, oh, here I am, blah I blah, talking about my feelings. Oh my god, we cannot have that. No. Okay, you're gonna text me. Yeah. It means I have to open the messages app <laughs> i gave it to you over skype i can do it however you want it no no no. i want to see it here okay here we go okay well wait a minute now that's just me inviting you to join me on skype and i'll i'll bleep this out um but what is your uh dropbox emails for the for the invite i'll bleep this 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 oh, the oh, show oh, this part of the show will never air good question i think it's bleep. okay i think that's part of the problem of my dropbox is that it that I set it up a long time ago and that won't let me won't let me switch over to my regular email, john.roderick at Gmail, because it's a bad program. Dropbox is a terrible program also. All right. It's it says it shared it to you. And okay, here it comes. All right. All right. Here it comes. Something good happened. Well, I saw it briefly. Oh wait. <laughs> <Oop. laughs> boop, 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 boop. Okay, Dan. Right. Yeah. Add to Dropbox. Yeah. All right, but but I just want the Dropbox address for it. Uh, I can probably get you, get you that. Oh, okay. Well, it's and get it shows you in there. It already says you're in there. Yeah. So is it road percentage sign twenty work? Well, yes. It's road percentage sign twenty is what a web browser refers to as a space. Right. So it's road work. Yes. But yes, that's it. And here it it gave me the link. So there's a direct link, if that's oh. easier for you. Okay, that's better. That's better. All right, here we go. Roadwork, mm -hmm. direct link. Whoa, that's got a lot of URL. Mm, you just click that. Well, I know, but I want to put it over here into the folder location in Adobe so that when it's done oh, right, right, in right. Adobe, it just uh -huh. sends it directly to you. Oh, that's or fine. directly to this box. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Do I want to do this here? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try and do it into the, into the um, the road percentage sign twenty. <laughs> okay, copy. <laughs> I'm gonna put it over here. Good. Uh, v. Oh wait, wait, wait. The folder location, but the other one didn't have www in front of it. Huh. Boy, this is complicated. All right, I'm just going to, wait a minute, Bra browse? What is browse going to allow me to do? Oh, oh, no, 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 what is this? Oh, 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 got it, got it, got it. All right, okay, 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 okay. Boom. Yeah, boom. Something good must have just happened for you. Okay, okay, okay. I think it's, think it's got it. Boop, 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 boop. All right, now I'm recording. All right, we're in. I love it. Oh, I think my levels are too high. Uh-oh. I don't want to peak. I don't want to get that that uh, that tape compression here. I'm going to turn that down a little bit. Okay, all right. Nope, still pretty hot. Boop, boop, boop. Okay, all right. Ready. You feel good. I did well. Some semi-confident. Okay. I feel semi-confident because... <laughs> well, I'm still recording over here. 
Yeah, oh, oh, it's still going to be a great show. It's going to yeah. be a great program. But now I'm in the game here. Oh, wait a minute. Should we, like, clap? Should we sync? No, nah, I can do all that. Oh, thank well, goodness. This is not, thank goodness. This is not 1918. Yeah, when when we record... Um, or 1919, when, I should say. When we record... Let me get the clipboard. Uh, <laughs> automobile. <laughs> when we record uh, Omnibus, uh, we always clap, even though we're sitting across from each other and it's being recorded into one file. Uh, because, lovely. <laughs> because early on, I convinced Ken that that was something we had to do. This is cool. And, and then it just became part of the... Right, part of the mythology of the show. All right, so we're in a we're already in a podcast. We're I deep know. into it. I know. Yeah. Whoo. Yeah. I hate computers, Dan. They, but they are good I and do, bad. Good and bad. I do everything on them now, and it's just like it feels like Stockholm syndrome. Mm. To love them is to just be held captive and to fall in love with your captor. Oh yes. Right. Where you're like, oh, they they have every reason to be like they are. Oh, it's they had a <clears throat> they had um, they had a rough childhood or they're justified in some way politically that they should be <laughs> holding me captive in this right hotel room. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no good. No good. All right. Well, I'm going to close that window. Yeah. Get close, rid of that thing. You don't close want that. that window. Don't want that. I don't need any windows open at all. I'm going to close this. I don't want to close that entirely because it'll never load again. Okay. Ah, oh, feeling strong. Feeling mm. feeling guilty, feeling scared. Hidden cameras everywhere. Stop. <laughs> Hold on. Uh. Stay in control. So what's been going on, Dan? We're well, still, we're starting a, new, a little bit late for it's our, a new for our year. normal it's show. A, it's a I haven't new year. I haven't podcasted in so long. It is a new year. I haven't podcasted with you since 2018. I know. And it feels like it too. It feels like a long time has gone away. I haven't made any shows. I've just been sitting around. It's actually been kind of nice. Is your hair the same as it used to be? No, I I cut it the other day. I thought it looked a little different. Or do you mean, does it have more gray in it? And the answer is yes. Oh, well, we can talk about that too. That's not even what I was asking. But yeah, I so... It did look like you, you, you got a haircut. It looks nice. Yeah. But my, my now now I like your topic better. How has your hair changed over the years? Oh, well. Do you still have, you still seem to have a nice full thick head of hair. There's a lot of hair. I don't have any, I don't have, when I was 18 years old, my hair line receded. Up until that point, I'd had a Eddie Munster hairline that just, um, it was, you know, it was like two inches above my eyebrows. I love that. An Eddie Munster hairline. Yeah. And then when I turned 18, all of a sudden it just receded on both sides. It just was like, zoop, and I shuddered in fear because my uncle Jack is completely bald. My dad was definitely balding. My mom's brother was balding. My mom's grandfather was completely bald his father was completely bald so i was just like here it goes i have no reason to expect i guess my mom's dad had a full head of hair uh and i just because it happened so fast um that all of a sudden i had like a bruce willis hairline and i didn't know what was going on but then it stopped it held on it stayed in control and um 
and I've never lost another hair as far as I can tell. It's just as, just as thick as it ever was. But when I was young, my hair was also very straight and a curious combination of thin hair. The hairs themselves are thin, but there's a ton of them. So unlike people that have like really cool hair, like Jim Morrison Mm -hmm. or, you know, like super people with big luscious curls that have thick hairs, I had thin hair. So my hair was super straight and it was, you know, super thick. Like barbers would say, I've never seen such, such a thick mop of hair. Right. They didn't even know what to, to do. They didn't know how to approach it. Right, but the hairs that were thin. So so I had no curl in it, just straight. And it was straight until I was in my 30s. And then all of a sudden, like, um, waves started to show up. Like, fairly appealing waves uh, that made that made it easier to do what I liked to do, which was just have my hair be kind of a mess. And I think that continued until just recently where enough gray hair started to enter in and, you know, gray hair is coarser yeah. somehow. Mm-hmm. And so now there's a sort of, I don't know, that feels like my hair is again, somewhat confused about what it, what its project is. And as you know, I cut it myself. So each one of these, each one of these different hair, uh, qualities i've had to relearn how to cut it to its best advantage i'm terrible at at cutting hair so each time i do it i i mean i have a plan when i go into it but then halfway through three quarters of the way through i completely have lost the plan and i'm just just scrambling to to rescue it so at least half of the the um at least half of each experience of cutting my hair is a state of like panicky kind of like how can i save this haircut but that said even the worst haircuts i've ever given myself how long have you been cutting your own hair <laughs> 15 years 20 oh, wow. years every almost every haircut you see on me is home home done. There have been a few occasions where I've, where I've gotten so confused by what I've done. Yeah. I've cut some side way too short relative to the rest that I go to my friend, Carly, Carly cuts hair. Carly is a professional hair cutter and she's dealt with me for a long time. So she knows how to look at what I've done. Tell me that I did fine. Tell me that it's fine. And then do some minor modification, some shaping so that it looks presentable. So that it looks like I didn't have somebody cut it in prison. <laughs> but, you know, I'll go six months to a year before I have to go to, before I do something terrible and have to go to Carly. But, you know, what I, what I end up doing is sometimes I wear very asymmetrical haircuts where one side is just way shorter than the other. On purpose or you, no. it just works out that no. way? It happens no, to me. No, just it's the only way I can salvage having cut one side shorter than the other, because if I cut the other side to match, then I would be, 
you know, I'd have a modified Macklemore or I'd have some kind of suede head thing or I would be, that's not where I'm coming from. Right. So I cut one side too short and then it's just like, well, because if you cut the side that the bangs originate, mm-hmm. if you cut it, if you cut it over by that cow. Oh, the other thing is I have two, two cow licks. So I can, I can wear it either way, but I, but my bangs originate on the left side. And so if I cut that side too short, then it's just one of those things where, well, that side is, is kind not shaved, but kind of suede And then the bangs just go across the top and I look, it's a little Hitler maybe, but, uh. <laughs> and then if I cut the other side too short, then I just sort of do like the indie rock comb over. And it looks, yeah, also a little Hitler. Is it that or, you don't like having someone else cut your hair or you just don't want to spend the money or you just wake up in the morning and you're like, I don't, I don't need help with this. I can do this myself. I like, I like the, I like the 2 a.m. start to cut your own hair. Like I look in the mirror and I go, I need a haircut. Let's get out the scissors that I got at Bartell drugstore to cut construction paper. Sometimes I go down to the kitchen and I find some kitchen scissors. I don't have a good pair of scissors is one thing. It sounds like you couldn't be less prepared to cut your own hair. Nope. No, I just, I go down there and then I spread, usually spread some newspaper over the sink. So the hair doesn't go down the sink. And then I go at it and I started doing it. I think what happened was I went, you know, I went to the hipster. I went to the Rudy's. I, I got haircuts at normal places. I never felt like anybody was really listening to me what I wanted. They mm-hmm. were just going to do what they did. Right. I had some friends that uh, had a salon called Vane and I went to Vane and they usually gave me a great haircut, but it costs, it costs real money. Yeah. No, haircuts are not cheap. And then I went to, that's where Carly used to work. And I knew Victoria who owned Vane. And so I patronized it. It's funny. I went in there one time. I needed my hair rescued. And this was when Carly worked at Vane. And I went in there and got this haircut. And then I went up to the front and they were like, oh, you have a store credit. And also, you know, you always get the 50% off deal because you're a friend of the salon. And I was like, how do I have a store credit here? And were you guys always giving me a 50% off deal? That's weird because it was still expensive, but, (laughs) uh, but that's great. You know, like, but I think what happened was a long time ago, I went into a super cuts or something and I said, look, I'm trying to grow this hair out. And so, because I've done that over the years too, grow it out, cut it, cut it short, grow it out, cut it short. I said, I'm trying to grow, grow this hair out. Will you leave the front long? It takes longer to grow the front out. So will you leave the front long and just cut the back? And the guy was like, absolutely. I know exactly what you want. So he was chatting along and cutting the back and it looked good. And he got right to the end. Chat, chat, chat. Cut, cut, cut. And then the last thing he did was comb my bang straight down and cut them off right across the front. He was just absent-minded or, or that's just a haircut. You know, he was just giving me a haircut and I was like, Oh dude, 
I've been growing those bangs out for a long time. And what he say? I, oh, he's just a guy at a hair salon. He was like, "Oh, well, you know, it looks amazing." So I was like, "That's it. I'm done." It was the same thing about getting my glasses made. You know, I I was I was a normal for a long time, and I went to the optometrist and I got glasses. I picked glasses off the wall and said, "These ones." And then for a while, I would pick them out of their catalog. I'd say, none of the ones on the wall are good. Will you show me your catalog? I'd pick them out of the catalog. And then I went to the glasses people, and I left, and it was like, the glasses cost 350 bucks. This was a long time ago. And I said, $350? No way, never again. So I started to use... I started to use thrift store glasses and go to the hospital and the hospital would put um, prescription lenses right. in whatever you had, whatever you brought in. So I would get these glasses for $5 and then I would uh, have the hospital put lenses in it for $50 and I felt like a genius. <laughs> and I've been doing that for 20 years too. Yeah. But that's I mean, why, you know, that's it, why I'm so arrogant, Dan. I feel like I've solved a lot of problems. If, if, if the haircut was cheaper, if it was 10 bucks and you get the exact haircut you wanted, would you prefer that to doing it yourself? Uh, no. You still want like to do it yourself. myself. Yeah. Yeah. I remember back in the seventies, my dad had some kind of a set of attachments that looked like they would go on the end of uh electric hair clippers but they weren't yeah. they they were separate from that and they had i guess they had little some kind of like little razors or something in them mm -hmm. and you would just sort of run them through your hair and they would i'm doing little air quotes cut your hair mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just by the the razor that was inside of them and he used to like use those in between haircuts to keep things in order mm -hmm. is it, would you consider something like that or what about what's the name of the thing that attaches to the end of a vacuum that's the floby that that pulls your hair into it have no, you I, ever tried that no i don't want that i think that'd be better for you when i was in high school i briefly because i used to just go to the barber that had a mustache that had a that wore a white jacket that had a barber pole out front and i went to the i just went to the barber there used to still be barbers like that i guess there are there's one in seattle that's still like that an old an old guy with a mustache but then i i went to the the punk rock hair cutter a few times and he had a salon across the hall from the skateboard shop that was owned by Juan Gomez, G&B Skate and Sport. And it was inside the old fire station on Northern Lights and C? Northern Lights and C Street. I, no, no, no. Northern Lights and, oh, no. What am I talking about? It was Northern Lights and Spinard. There was an old fire station there that had been turned into a, the downstairs was like a punk rock clothing store. Upstairs, Juan had G&B Skate and Sport, and then this salon across the hall. And I started going to that guy. 
and he cut my hair with a straight razor, like an old fashioned straight razor that you would shave a cowboy. With. How would he, how would he do that? He would just pull the hair straight up and then twist it around in a, in like a twist that kind of looked like a, like a, like a tie stick, like Maui Wowie. And he would cut across the, so he's pulling the hair straight up, twist it around and then cut across the grain with a straight razor. And in 1984, 85, that was the coolest haircut I ever saw. It kind of was a little bit, I don't know, it was a little ragged. It was a little kind of feathery. I never wore a mullet. That was not my style. No, God, no. No. I never understood that. But but watching him do this in the mirror, I was intrigued because I was like, he's just pulling my hair up, twisting it around like a tie stick and cutting it off with a straight razor this feels like something I could do. It took me 15 years to get up the boldness to attempt it, but I always had it in my mind. This is something I could do. I know he has skills. I know he's practiced it. I know he does it all the time. I know he's good at it and I would be bad at it, but it feels like something I could do. And that's kind of what I do now. I pull it straight up. I use the blunt blade of a pair of five dollar scissors and i kind of saw Uh. across it with this blunt blade and what it ends up doing is every hair is just a little bit different than every other hair it's all kind of frayed and um do you remember when split ends were a thing people talked about? Like yeah. everybody was worried about split ends. Yeah. That was on every, every commercial for shampoo, especially women's shampoo. And I remember I had a, um, a teacher in maybe 11th grade who taught like, it wasn't like the class wasn't about crime, but it was like a criminal justice class or something like that Yeah, for people who thought, I guess, either the the, the teacher had a reputation as being really cool and he was Uh and this was an elective class but i think people who maybe thought they might want to go into law enforcement or or study law itself become a lawyer one day you could take this class and i took it because it counted as an elective and i heard it was easy yeah and the teacher was super cool i forget his name he was super cool and he knew, he knew all these cool people. And like one of the things that he did was he got us, we got to visit a, a prison and like really? it was, it was kind of like a scared straight type situation, except they did like the prisoners came out and talked to you, but the goal wasn't to terrify you. It was just to like, we're going to go visit the prison and like an inmate's going to come out and like tell you what life is like here in the prison. They didn't like line us up and berate us and, and make us stay in the cell or anything like that. But you know, it was like, it was a cool class, but he had some weird idiosyncrasies. And one of them, like I vividly remember the first day of class, he was like laying down like classroom rules. And one of them was if you have split ends, Oh, tell him and he will hand you a scissors, but you may not grab one end of each of the split ends and pull it up. So it goes up the length of the hair and essentially becomes two hairs, which girls Uh apparently did that. And he says, if, if I, if I ever find you doing that, you will get detention for that. 
And he was like, he meant this. This was not this a joke. Does, he does sound like a cool teacher. He was very cool. And, uh, and so he's, he had a pair of scissors just sitting on his desk that the girls would go up and in the middle of class, they would go up and grab it and cut, cut the little hair off. Oh, but then, you know, then you're going to get itchy. You're going to get, uh, because that, those little hairs go down the back of your shirt and then you're itchy all day. No, for a woman, the hair is, you pick it up and you're holding it in your fingers. It's in front of you. You know, they have, girls have long hair, John. I see. I see. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them back in those days, uh-huh. most did. I see. All right. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, he does sound like a uh, cool teacher. That's like, that's like tuned in to what's going on and very relatable, relatable to the kids and stuff. Um, I didn't have a teacher that, you know, was that, tuned into split ends but i do remember split ends being a thing that people were super worried about i wasn't i wasn't that worried about split ends my mom talked about them my mom was like oh split ends (laughs) but but these days and maybe it's that i'm not i'm not in those circles but i you hardly ever hear about split ends now no one's worried about them maybe we've advanced as a society and that that even the cheapest crappiest you know it's funny you mentioned this i was thinking about this this morning while i was uh having a nice shampoo in the shower yeah i and and so i've got a i've got a shampoo you've got thick hair you know it is thick but it's not as thick and it's half as thick as it used to be it's still thick but it's half as thick and that's the other thing that well i was if we circle back to that whole hair thing we, I, I can talk about that, but I want to, um, I want to find out when you shampoo your hair, I also have a, a conditioner. I think yeah. there's like two conditioners. My wife puts them in there. I just use whatever is in there. And sure. I've always used conditioner because without that, my hair gets, uh, Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana very quickly. Uh-huh. 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 And so I kind of have to use that to keep it under control. And even then it's not under control. But that would be a, that would be pretty good. I think that'd be a pretty good, a good look, look for you, actually. Good luck for me. But in back in the old days, um, they used to have a conditioner shampoo in one. It was yeah. one bottle, and yeah, I, remember I remember my roommate in college, Tom. He showed up with this. He's like, "Damn, look what they look what they got! I got it in public. Yeah. Look what they got!" I'm like, "What?" He's like, "It's shampoo and conditioner in one." I'm like, "Really?" Did you ever buy the uh, peanut butter and jelly that was <laughs> yeah, go- in the, the same? Goober, goober grape. Yeah, we talked, we have to have talked about this. I feel like we did. Goober maybe. grape. Anyway, so uh, the the shampoo and conditioner in one, this worked for you? No, it was horrible. It was the worst thing ever. It did yeah. nothing. It was, it was both, both the shampoo and the conditioner sucked. Yeah. And I feel like it's the whole thing. Like if you're doing lawn work, you don't want to get one of those um edger weed whacker combos where you can pop the end off and put a different end on you want a dedicated tool for each one i agree and i feel like it's the same thing you and the same thing with the goober grape a goober grape that's horrible it's just it's an abo- talk about abominations it's an abomination although uh well i think that generally applies except here in seattle we thought that we needed both a baseball stadium and a football stadium (laughs) and i know that was really popular for a while with cities yeah uh and i disagree with that yeah general premise like there's no there's very little overlap in the 
I mean, I guess the two sports overlap a little, but not so much that you couldn't just schedule it. Um, that we that we needed two stadiums. I I mean, you do need an edger and a weed whacker, but I don't think you need a baseball stadium and a football stadium. Well, isn't it isn't it the MetLife Stadium um, in New York that's shared between the Jets and the Giants? Yeah, I don't know. yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it is possible. Yeah. It used to, you know, we used to have a kingdom here and it used to work just fine. And then uh, it was decided that it, it didn't work. We needed two stadiums. We tore the kingdom down and we built two brand new stadiums. Hmm. Um, I only wash my hair out of like medical necessity because I'm allergic to my own skin. <laughs> what? How are you? Yeah, aller- I'm allergic. You, you, how can you be allergic to your own skin if you are covered in your own skin? This is one of the great questions. When I go to dermatologists, they look, they examine me, and they say, "Ah, yes, you are allergic to your own oil. The you know the oil that comes out of your body causes an allergic reaction on yourself." And I've gone to the dermatologist now three times as an adult and said, honestly, uh, there needs to be some solution to this. And they say, nope, it is what it is. You have this thing. We can prescribe you medicated shampoo, but it's just the same as washing your hair with, uh, with soap. And, um, and so you just have this problem. It is it is a thing. It's a it's so a this thing is that happens. is there a name for this condition? I'm sure there is. You're allergic to your own skin. Yeah. So you have to yeah. wash your hair more than a regular person does? Well, so I would in high school, and this was another thing in the 1980s, I don't know if people do anymore, but when I was in high school, it was assumed that you washed your hair every day everybody washed their hair every day as far as i could tell and this was like it was it it was the fashion right about the time that i became a teenager so it was it went hand in hand with that kind of like now you're a teenager now you have to practice grooming and hygiene and so hygiene meant Wash your hair every day. And some people wash their hair twice a day, mm. once in the morning and once at night. And then when I turned into like a scummy, uh, like loafer, couch surfing, mooching punk, yeah. for lack of a better word, although I was never punk. Um, then I was like, well, I'll wash my hair once a month. Except for this allergy that I have to myself. Yeah, what happens if you don't wash it? Like, what's the what is the the sim- the side effects symptoms? Well, my skin becomes inflamed, and then like it's it 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 mimics the effects of psoriasis, although it is not psoriasis. Mm. So I get big inflamed red, and then it scabs. 
and really hurts. And it happens anywhere my hair is. So my beard and my hair, like my face will, will break out. Oh, so inflamed. That sucks. And, um, so for a long time, my solution to it back when I was this, back when I was a scumbag for lack of a better term, uh, I figured out because I had a friend who was, you know, a lot of, uh, living in the alternative culture is all back in the old days before there were 16 different kinds of metal. <laughs> um, back when, if you listened to metal, you were a metal right. head and there wasn't like, there wasn't like hardcore metal or death metal or, you know, now there's so many kinds of metal. And if you listen to one kind of metal, it does not mean you listen to any other mm-hmm. kind of metal. True. But back then, I mean, it was all it was all metal. There were only seven types of young person. Back then, all alternative culture was basically we all banded together. And so there was a friend of mine who was he practiced alternative medicine. He was a drag queen, but also like a rolfer. And he used to take baths in hydrogen peroxide. I mean, diluted, but he would pour a whole bottle of hydrogen peroxide in his bath. On a regular he, basis? Every time he took a bath. What was the thinking of that? <clears throat> oh, because hydrogen peroxide was, I don't know what. I don't remember. Alter, I don't understand the thinking now, of three quarters of alternative I, I can tell you about bleach baths, but that's a different thing, it sounds like. Hydrogen peroxide, I don't know. I don't know what his, uh, I don't know his deal. But he was evangelizing hydrogen peroxide. Oh, it's a miracle drug. And so I started to take hydrogen peroxide. Um, He offered me some hydrogen peroxide. And he, uh, and I would pour it on myself. I would just take the bottle of hydrogen peroxide. I would just, turn it upside down on top of my head and it would pour down through my hair and into my beard. And you can tell the period that I was doing this because there are photographs of the long winters where my hair is blonde, blondy blonde from, from the Uh, peroxide peroxide peroxide. I remember the surfers in my school all did this. They would all put, peroxide in their hair and that was a style yeah i was not doing it as a style i was doing it to counteract this terrible inflammation because what the hydrogen peroxide does is i don't know what it does but it it went on and it fizzed and bubbled and oh it hurt so bad it was excruciating but it was the kind of excruciating where you're like it's healing it or it's doing something to it and then it would arrest the the progress of the inflammation. And then it would just, it would all kind of, I hate to talk about it, but it would kind of crust over. Mm. And then there'd be this, you know, for a week or so, there'd be this sort of flaking, crusty flaking. And I did that hydrogen peroxide thing mm, until now. I mean, I still do Mm -hmm. it kind Mm -hmm. of. I don't do it so much that it bleaches my hair, but I do use it sometimes. 
what I've really started doing is just washing my hair. Watching my hair for the most part on a, on a fairly regular basis. But if I didn't have to, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't, I don't think I would wash my hair very often. Um, I think I just do it because if I don't, I get into, I get into deep trouble. Oh, because when the, when it starts to break out, when I start to have this reaction, it happens fast. Like I, I start to feel the pain and if I don't like rush to a shower, um, I will be super screwed two hours later. Mm. So that's my story. That would be where I will insert the sponsor right there. Okay. Um, All right. Do you want to do the yeah. sponsor wanna, read together? Yeah. All right. Hold on. I'm making a note. I like this. Well, John, you know what? It is uh, it is time for us to thank our lovely sponsor for today. It's one of your favorites. Oh. It's one. Of, it maybe is your all time favorite uh, sponsor. Yeah, Mac Weldon. Oh, Mac Weldon. They're good. Are you wearing uh, any Mac Weldon right now? I am wearing the socks see. today. Let me, look, let me look down here. Well, you know, I'm only I'm only half dressed uh-huh. <laughs> because I only woke up ten minutes before right. we do our show. Sure. So I, I, uh, I've only, I've kind of thrown on my, you're not dressed is what you're saying. Yeah. I've, I've thrown on my podcasting, uh, coveralls. So they're not, you know, they coveralls don't is like a hazmat suit or a yeah, overall. I just, just an easy thing to just throw on. And, um, I feel like your, your casual, casual wear at this stage doesn't line up with what I what I imagine eventually it will, but I could very very much see you in a pair of uh, overalls, but no shirt on underneath it, just the overalls. Oh, I think I'm too fat for that. No, I think you could do it. The other thing that you could do, you know, those things that like if you're working with with pigs or something, how they have like yeah. a, uh, I don't know what it's made out of, but it's some kind of you know like raincoat material. And, and you, you, it's just like, it has like the boots attached to it and it's pants. Or like you might wait, oh, you might wait around in that, a waiting suit. No, you'd perspire, you'd perspire too much in I that. I think you could do it. Um, no, when I was a, when I was a young teen, early teen, I used to go to the army Navy surplus mm-hmm. for, I think, you know, my mom would buy me some school clothes at the start of the year, but if I wanted any additional clothes in the course of the year, I would either go to the Goodwill or I would go to the Army Navy surplus. And I was at the Army Navy. So this is back in the early 80s when the Army Navy surplus store had like the Vietnam era stuff was the was the new stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was full of World War II stuff and Korean War stuff. <clears throat> and I found a bright orange flight suit from the 50s like a korean war era very early jet aircraft era flight suit and it was like the flight suits that they have now with zippers and pockets and stuff but it wasn't made out of whatever that nomex fabric is now that's um fire retardant Mm. it was just made out of cotton thick 
thick uh, sort of denim-y cotton, but it was bright orange. And you would wear it, if you look at old clips of old fighter pilots, they're wearing these bright orange flight suits. And I think the idea was if you ejected, you'd be visible um, right. to the rescuers. Right. And then I bet they figured out that you're also visible to the communist Chinese or whoever it is you're trying to escape. And they started making them green so you could hide in bushes. But anyway, <laughs> I found this thing and it fit me perfectly because I was, I hadn't grown to my full height yet. And in the fifties, I think fighter pilots were all five foot six. I think half of them are now five foot six. And I wore this flight suit every minute I could. I slept in it. I wore it around the house. I, uh, you slept in the flight suit. <laughs> oh yeah. I wanted to wear it to school <clears throat> and my mom prohibited me from wearing it to school. And I, you know, I was always making the case like, come on, it's fine. Just let me wear it to school. It's like a complete outfit. And she was adamant that I could not wear a flight suit to school. And then I wore it and wore it, and it was very durable. I wore it until I could no longer wear it. I wore it until the, um, you know, until it was high water. And then the problem was I, uh, my, um, my length is in my torso. And at a certain point, my torso was too long to get. Oh, so it was, it was all tight in the crotch. Yeah. Couldn't wear it anymore. Yeah. And I was devastated. And I swear to you, Dan, I have been looking for a flight suit from that era that would fit me ever since. Ever since that day, I walk into every Army-Navy surplus environment looking for, a flight suit. looking for that flight suit. Because there are orange flight suits. I think C-130 pilots wear them or something. But they're made of Nomex. And I don't want it to be fire retardant. I want because that it's like uh, it's like when you go to Brooks Brothers now and they half of their shirts are no, no, I'm sorry. Ninety percent of their shirts are no iron. Yeah, they say they say 100 percent cotton non iron. Well, it may be 100 percent cotton, but they have impregnated the cotton with some chemical mm -hmm. that makes it feel like it's half polyester. They might as well just have it be polyester. They realized, you know, they, they went through that phase where they were like, polyester is amazing. It means you don't have to iron your shirt. Right. And every shirt was 60-40. Yeah. 60% cotton, 40% polyester. But then people got to be snobs about polyester. And my mom has a big theory. Her theory is if they had just called polyester, because she said, you know, rayon, fancy people love to buy things made out of rayon. And rayon is just polyester. She said if they had just some point along the way reintroduced polyester but called it Luxofab or <laughs> yes. something, she was like people would have people would they have been all over it. it because it's a miracle yeah. fabric. Um, but because it was polyester and snobs got a hold of it and said it was no good, people stopped using it. So then shirts were all went back to being all cotton. But all the whoever they are, the business ding-dongs that wear shirts every day with ties, they were like, but now I have to iron it again. And so they came up with this non-iron garbage. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Any shirt that says non-iron, I throw it right in the shredder. 
because I don't like I don't like it. Ugh, it feels like it sticks to you. Yeah, you know, you can just feel the chemical. And maybe I'm a victim of this uh, this material snobbery, but I don't like the feeling. Anyway, I've never found a flight suit that was in a whatever forty six long that is from that era because I just don't think that pilots were allowed to be that big then. Oh, right. They wouldn't even let them on the plane. Not even as a no, passenger. They couldn't fit They couldn't fit in the cockpit. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, is it ba- speaking, speaking of clothing that is comfortable, I think Mack Weldon, you know what? They ought to do a flight suit. Oh, Mack Weldon stuff is very, a, very comfortable. Did a flight suit. Well, here's the thing. Mack Weldon has those special underpants that are impregnated with right. silver, but they don't feel weird. They feel like 100% cotton. And yet they also are impregnated with silver. I can, I can never stop being thrilled by that because when I first got my first pair, I was like, are these going to feel like I'm wearing silver under? Right. Like what would that feel like? Like an SOS pad or something? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but no, they're, uh, they're delightful. They just feel like cotton, but I, but they have the extra protection of silver. That's right. And what the reason that they do that, the reason they do that is it makes them antimicrobial. So they eliminate Oh, that's what you need. You need that. But it doesn't feel like you couldn't, I don't think by feel, you could say these have silver in them, these don't have silver in them, unless you're a vampire or a werewolf or whatever. Um, But I don't think that's their target audience. If you you were a werewolf or a vampire, you would be... Uh, screaming in pain, just like I'm, just like I do when I don't. Right wash when you my don't hair. wash your hair, that's the same thing as being a werewolf. Right. So they engineered their own fabric and created it with this. Now, not all of it has the silver. You can pick and choose if you want that. I recommend that one, especially for the underwear, the socks. But basically, Mack Weldon does underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants. But a lot of these are. I guess what you need to do is when you're looking at these is you need to think what would be the perfect item of clothing for me. And that's what I want you to start with. For a lot of us, I think it, we, you can never have too much underwear. That's my feeling on that. You can never have too much underwear. Start with the underwear. That's kind of what they made their name from. But the hoodie, I'm not a big hoodie person, but the hoodie that they make is the best hoodie I've ever owned. I wear it even more than my Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl champions hoodie, which is saying a lot. Yes, because it's so comfortable. It's very warm without being heavy. Um, The ties, you know, the little strings that come out around the the hood part, those usually are, are like some kind of a cord that's just tied in with a knot at the end. That's fine. But these are not like that. These are very, very like the, every little detail They've thought through it. All the little zipper pulls on all the stuff that they do with the mm. zipper is very high quality. It's small. You know what I'm saying? Because they want you to be yeah. comfortable. And in fact, they're so sure that if, if that you will be comfortable, that if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. Uh, this is there for real. And these things that the clothing looks good. It performs well. My favorite polo style uh, shirt is the Mack Weldon shirt and i'll tell you which one it is because people will stop me on the street where i'm wearing this shirt and they'll say what wait a second dan what shirt are you wearing and i'm like oh this is the mac really? weldon shirt and they'll say right but like what specifically what model is it or whatever the name of it is 
and it is called the Vesper, V-E-S-P-E-R, the Vesper Polo. This is a uh, micro mesh fabric. It's super breathable because I, I live in Texas. It gets warm here. And, That's right and, here. Uh, and these are great because unlike a lot of the lighter weight shirts that you get, these, you can't like see through them. You know what I'm talking about? You can't yeah, see through them. But what's brilliant about it is you don't have to do anything special to take care of them. You just throw them in the washing machine, throw them in the dryer. You don't have to like take, send them out or anything like that. And you look good and they make you have that, uh, that, that, uh, Brad Pitt body shape, the T shape where it looks like you have, really? yes, where it looks like you have bigger shoulders and a more narrow hmm. trunk. They make <laughs> you look like that, which hmm. I, I can use all, right. all the help I can get. So I recommend that, but here's the deal. They're giving our listeners 20% off the first order at Mac Weldon, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N, MacWeldon.com. The promo code to use is Roadwork, and you'll get 20% yeah. off your first order, and uh, and go check this out. I think you're going to like it. It's probably better than uh, what you're wearing right now. It was for me, so thanks very much to yeah. Mac Weldon for making this episode possible. Yeah, thank you. And so the, the different well. categories, according to Ferris Bueller, uh, of kids are sportos, motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, and dickheads. Right. <clears throat> well, you, th that forgets um, the neo maxi zoom dweebies. <laughs> neo maxi <laughs> neo maxi zoom dweebies being a you know kind of the ultimate <laughs> expression that, of a dweeb. That is correct. That's a um, a Breakfast Club one, right? I think Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby is maybe from Square Pegs. Okay. Okay. I'm not 100% certain the the um the the waves of time, the time waves uh have started to warble and I can't tell exactly which 80s slang came from I which see. location. Yeah. Um I could probably uh I think all you have to do is Google Neo Maxi Zoom Dweeby. It wasn't like it wasn't common enough uh that it, I don't think it entered the max parlance, although I still say it all the time. Like a lot of things <clears throat> that I heard one time, I continued to say it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um yeah, right. I mean, this was back when my you know, my high school had a smoking area. Which oh man, was, you went to such a cool high school. It was Our, inside the school. <laughs> really? Uh, well, but you had to step, there was a door. So, so our school Wait, was- was this Alaska built, or Seattle? Alaska. Okay, that makes sense. The school was built around, um, it was built around a courtyard. So the school was kind of donut shaped and in the middle there was a giant courtyard. All the, all the classrooms looked out into this middle and the middle wasn't used for anything. It was just sort of this, I guess when they built it, I I don't know what they thought would happen in this middle, but um, it was just a big, huge courtyard that I guess you could open a door and walk across the courtyard to the other side, but hardly anyone did that. But inside the courtyard was the smoking area where you would go if you were a metalhead or a stoner because nobody else smoked only the metalheads and the stoners smoked uh so it was basically like metalhead stoner spot even in the f most freezing days of the year you could step out into this um into this courtyard and 
have a cigarette in the middle of the day, you know, like in between classes, there were all kinds of kids that would go there. And it was just so many people smoked that there, that they had to make a provision for this. Um, now was that, I mean, maybe this is a dumb question, but was that legal for like high school age kids to smoke? Because I, I remember those cigarette machines in the bowling alleys you could just walk up to the cigarette machine, put a couple bucks in and pull the, pull the knob and you get a pack of cigarettes. I mean, yeah. that's how we bought ours. Right. But I think there were like, you had to be, didn't you have to be 18 to buy them? You had to be 18, but I mean, that never stopped anybody. No. I mean, this was, this was a time when it was before, <clears throat> let's see, how, how do you describe it? Until Ronald Reagan was elected president we were culturally in a steady, some people might say a steady decline. Some might say a steady loosening up, but pot smoking became more normal. It was considered sort of, I don't know if playboy magazine ever had bongs in it, but certainly penthouse, you know, I mean, these were, these were, I mean, porn magazines became more acceptable. You would walk into a normal person's house and see a Playboy on the coffee table. Pot smoking was accepted. Cigarette smoking was just general, generally accepted. Sexual mores had loosened up. People mm-hmm. were a lot sexier. Um, and then the Reagan administration came in and they just conservatized this country so fast zero policy on drugs obviously aids happened and that made sex more complicated whether it was or not that was the you know that was the the panic in the news magazines people stopped being cool with everything and everybody tightened up real tight the yuppies you know they're assholes were so fucking singed Mm -hmm. (laughs) and by 1986 like all the fun had gone out of everything uh and so if you were smoking pot in 86 or smoking cigarettes you were um you know you were like a flashback a holdover i have a bunch of biker magazines from the late 70s and early 80s and it astonishes me how much Biker culture, and I mean the full-on biker culture, custom Harleys that you're working on yourself, not like fancy custom Harleys, but like everybody's modding their Harleys. They're camping out. They're wearing denim. They're, you know, flashing their boobs from the back of their boyfriend's hog, (laughs) riding around in these kind of like ad hoc gangs. It's not like they're not bad, thieving, mean bikers. It was just biker was a thing. Your mom and dad could be bikers. It was just, you know, the movie mask. Yes. Uh, where <laughs> with share and, yeah. uh, you know, like that, that, it was, that was really commonplace. Just like some, just your mom and dad are bikers or your mom is and your mom's boyfriend's a biker. And now that's com- almost completely gone. And it was eradicated just culturally over time by the fact that, People no longer were no longer felt like just having a motorcycle and and a half rack of beer and your old lady on the back. Like that was enough. That was a that was enough. 
You felt like your life was full. So all of that 70s, 80s culture, or the, I'm sorry, I guess I think of it as 70s culture. Yeah. Like it was 70s culture that continued into the 80s. Yeah. Into the 80s, yeah. Until the Reagan era just like, just mashed it down. It just stopped completely so that by the 90s, and the 90s are going to make the 70s look like the 50s. But by the 90s, we were, you know, that was part of the whole teenage loser grunge rock thing was we were just so exhausted by the 80s. It was such a moralizing, uptight, uncool time. But by the 90s, we didn't, we couldn't bring back everything. We couldn't bring back bikers. We couldn't bring back a time when it was lighthearted. So now we were all smoking pot and doing scummy things, but it was all dark. It was full of depression and it was full of angst and self-loathing and stuff. It didn't have that. It didn't have the groovy thing. You know, in the seventies, you could just sit and talk about your stereo for hours. And that just wasn't true. Nobody had any money obviously either, but, but, uh, but I, I feel like the, Oh, Dan, I lost the oh thread. God. Oh, God, this is happening every once Do in a while now. I lose that, a thread. That, uh, that powder. Oh, that's so lame. It's gone. And, and you're, oh, not the powder's gone. The, the thread is gone. Uh, the thread is gone. Well, it was some. It had something to do with Neo Maxi Zoom Dweebies. Yeah. I know that. I can get back that far. Well, it'll come back to you. Oh, you know, we were talking about smoking areas, but I don't even know how we got to smoking areas. It's incredible. This never happens. We were talking to me, about the, or it never yeah, used we to. We were happen. talking about the uh, legality of smoking in the in the in the in the center. In the area, was that legal? And then you were talking about the seventies. Oh, 70s that and was the 70s it. Continued to the eighties. That was it. The legality. Yeah. yeah. So the legality of it, nobody like enforced those laws. Because how are you going to stop people from smoking? Everybody smoked. Everybody smoked. But then the Reagan period, yeah, stuff got, it got easier and easier to um, to just enforce those little micro laws. You know, marijuana was legal in the state of Alaska until the late 80s, maybe even the early 90s. And some combination of the Reagan administration or the Bush administration saying that you wouldn't get federal highway funds. They tied some completely irrelevant thing to it. Like you couldn't get money for your roads if you didn't adopt the administration, you know, just say no drug policy. But also, I went to a Rotary Club meeting with my dad, where the state, the head of the state troopers, and the, you know, the the guys that looked like, um, like their bellies were over the top of their belt buckles, like all the all the law and order types up there, made a presentation to the Rotary Club where they were talking about marijuana being a gateway mm-hmm. drug. 
And I used to go with my dad to Rotary Club meetings. He loved it. He loved the Rotary Club. And partly it was because he was the most liberal guy there. And so everybody would tease him. And he loved being teased for being a liberal because he would then he then he got to be super hilarious, right? Because then he could, they'd say, hey, Dave, are you still a communist? And he'd say, hey, Marty, are you, you know, are you still a, and he would have, he'd always have some remark that was specific to that person. He would know some thing about them that he could retort and burn them. He loved to burn. <laughs> maybe that's where it came from people. for you. Your, uh, your high school time. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I think so. He, he just loved it. And, and, uh, so he, we would go to rotary club meetings and I went because it was hilarious. I got to see all this nutty inside stuff on, on, uh, on like who, who the, the men were, you know, who the like people in power were. Uh, but I went to this and they were, they were giving this presentation and they were like, look, Alaska is setting a bad example. If we don't criminalize marijuana, then you know, all we're saying to the kids is use drugs. And once they start using drugs, then they're going to become cocaine addicts. And then they're going to become sex workers. And after that, they're going to become communists. (laughs) And the rotary club was like, Herm, 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 huzzah, huzzah, rubber, rubber. And the, the <laughs> cops were going around trying to get support from the, you know, the community leaders. And eventually they passed a law criminalizing marijuana after decades of just liberal pot policy. And they criminalized marijuana. And I think the, the troopers on the ground, like the, the cops, the city cops and the state troopers, they pretty much just ignored it. I've told this story before where I got pulled over by a trooper and my car was full of marijuana, full of mar- just, you know, marijuana everywhere. And the trooper was like, I don't care yeah. about the pot. Um, and we actually think it makes you a slightly better driver, makes you a slightly better driver because your attention is more focused on the road. But anyway, keep check your speed. Have a nice day. I was like, well, they obviously aren't, they're not making it a priority, but they had to, you know, they had to make it illegal to save face somehow among the other law and order people. But no one was ever going to yell at you about cigarette smoking until very recently. I think if you're in your twenties and listening to this program, it seems like I, I, I remark on it with people my age all the time. So we'll be at something and someone will say, Haha, remember when we all would have been smoking and then we'll all laugh and we'll talk about how, how bad everything used to smell. I remember when they we'll- first started to pass the laws to, or the rules. I don't know when they were, became laws, but where, I mean, I've, I remember the first concept of a smoking section in a restaurant. And then I remember, you know, you would come in and, and they would say, um, how many and you sell four and they say smoking or non-smoking. Oh, no, nah, either. Whichever's first. So it doesn't matter. Oh, oh no, no, yeah. wait, no, we smoking can't. Cause Dave, Dave uh, has asthma. So it have to be non-smoking and we have to wait longer. And then eventually it was no smoking in, in restaurants, but you could still smoke in bars and then you couldn't smoke in bars anymore. When they tried to make smoking illegal in New York, there was an incredible outcry. Uh, the, the suggestion was that it would 
it would impact the receipts of all the, bars and all restaurants. the bars. Yeah, no one would ever go to a bar anymore. Why would they? <laughs> right. If they, they would, you smoke. go there to drink and smoke. That's the same same thing as a as a Dunkin' Donuts. Why would you go to Dunkin' Donuts if you couldn't smoke with your donut and coffee? Right. What's the point? Anyway, I feel I often feel this way about now, which is that we lost a lot of ground. I mean, in some respects, we've been consistently gaining ground, right? We have more, more people have more rights under the law now than ever before. And that was a, that was a steady and consistent process. You know, things would, we'd lose, we'd take one step back, but we always took three steps forward. There was never a time, you know, since, since Roe versus Wade, there have been constant un ending assaults on Roe versus Wade and Roe versus Wade is a bad law, but it accomplished a good thing and all these assaults, but there's never, it's never been overturned, right? We never passed the equal rights amendment. We got very close, but you know, women's rights have continued at the local level and nationally to ex, you know, to be expanded throughout this whole period. I'm talking about from the seventies to the present gay rights obviously had a, had its era in the late eighties and in the nineties and now continues to, you know, we continue to expand the definition of, of, uh, well, more and more identities are recognized and protected by the law, but culturally we lost so much relaxation and mm-hmm. so much just attitude that like, it's cool, man, you do your thing. I'll do mine. Um, which really seemed like the direction things were going for a long time. And a lot of this was a result of the, the rise of the moral majority, which was this evangelical movement, you know, and ev- evangelism, evangelical Christianity used to be a thing that was honestly confined to the South and confined to uh, rural parts of the Midwest. There just weren't any, I mean, it's, it's tough to say, but there were not large pockets of evangelical Christians in the East coast or the West coast. It was not a thing that you saw in cities. It was not very hip. Now, in the 60s and early 70s, there were all those back-to-the-land, back-to-Jesus hippies that made Christianity kind of feel a little bit hip if you were a hippie. But it was in the 80s when you started to get that mega church, super tight, brill-creamed hair, a lot of eye makeup. You know, the, the PTL club, the Billy Graham people started to expand into television and become nationwide. And then in the nineties, unfortunately you got the mega churches where the minister had tattoos Mm -hmm. and where the worship band had like electric (laughs) guitars and, Uh and they had like flames on their shirts and stuff. Yeah. Christian rock. And all of that, put that like moralizing minding your neighbor's business 
trying to get the laws changed so that everyone in the state recognized that evolution was just a theory or, you know, like they, they felt a lot of the movement, a lot of that movement was based on the idea that they were persecuted. They were the persecuted minority. And so their kids were being forced to learn evolution in schools forced right to learn it. Right. And somehow going home and having your parents tell you that it was all a lie wasn't sufficient. They needed to go, they needed to, you know, pack the school boards and it was the, it was evangelism then became a, a political movement in the country. And it just, it just ratcheted up the culture wars and then yeah, there weren't culture wars before it was all, right. it wasn't something that was on, that was in the newspaper. Obviously it was happening, but if you wanted to be in Tuscaloosa and teach your kids that Jesus rode a dinosaur, you could, nobody cared. It was, it was that, it was that eighties period, which I, I more and more, I just think of it as this Reagan was pretty stylish, but it just feels like this huge step backward. And, and we've been, we've been slogging it out ever since. So that again, someone in their twenties feels like maybe it was an uninterrupted like maybe the story of America has been this uninterrupted period of, or uninterrupted sort of conservatism, moralizing, um, anti-gay, anti-woman, like mentality that's like half the country, but it wasn't. All those mentalities were just like honestly confined to the South and, and rural areas. And they were the small, like not very politically effective. And it felt like they were on the way out. You know, it felt like little by little, yeah, the schools were doing a better job of teaching people. And little by little, the South was going to become, uh, I'm sorry about the rural South, right in Atlanta. People were just as sophisticated as anywhere, but you know, little by little, we were going to get down to Mississippi and we were going to get down into those little towns and they weren't going to be racists anymore. And they weren't going to be, they weren't going to believe that Jesus rode a dinosaur. It was just a matter of time. And then, uh, we somehow, you know, we, we took our eyes off the ball or we got rooked. We got end end runned. And now we're in this state where it's like 50% of the people in America seem to believe that Jesus rode a dinosaur. And how did it ha- how did it happen? I mean the I think the yuppies embraced evangelical Christianity because it had that prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. And I somebody's going to yell at me by uh, for pronouncing it gospel because it's become a trope in my world now, Dan, that people comment on my pronunciations of things. How do they reach out to you via email? Oh no, it's just the, it's just the internet. Oh, speaking of which, you know, there's never been a road work Facebook page, Mm-mm. but there is now a community of people operating under the Facebook name Gary's van and Gary's <laughs> van is a new Facebook group where fans of Roadwork and Roderick on the Line can meet oh. and discuss 
the more intimate topics that they don't want to share with the world. And I've, and it's been said that people that listen to this show don't necessarily want to form a community with other people that listen to this show because they are all living in a, in a special, like little loner community yeah. of themselves and maybe their yeah. significant other. But there are some people who do want to go strike up conversations with other people about some of the things we talk about on the show. I, I feel like it should be on Reddit, not on Facebook. Yeah, maybe so. There's no, there's no Reddit for road work there, either. Well, there kind of is. I'll put this into our show notes. Uh, I've found this before. If you go to the subreddit just called Roadwork, there are a there are a number of posts. So that's reddit.com slash r slash roadwork. There's three posts on it. Mm-hmm. The first one is thanks Penn DOT, Department of Transportation. And it has <laughs> some picture of a whole bunch of roadwork signs and some bad traffic. Uh-huh. And then there's a second post that is a YouTube video called End Road Work that I've never played. And that was posted three years ago. And two years ago, a Reddit user named PP Batman 87. Uh huh. Sure. PP Batman 87. PP Batman uh, posted, this is two years ago, Road Work the Podcast? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Right. The thread has been archived, but uh, PP Batman 87 said, did anyone come here looking for the subreddit for the podcast with John Roderick and Dan Benjamin? And what I like about this is it in the beginning of the sentence, did anyone come here? The D is capitalized. Your name is lowercase. Dan is lowercase, but the Benjamin is capitalized. B is capitalized. Yeah. So I liked that. I got a little respect. Finally, you did Dan Benjamin. Benjamin. Uh, so technically we do have, there is a, a, a subreddit for road work, but it only has the three posts on it and only one is about the show. Well, and PP Batman, I'd like to know more <laughs> about PP Batman, but, but put, yeah. put, also put in the show notes, this link to Gary's van, because it, it right. has, um, uh, I try not to go there, uh, because of the, you know, the Dave Eggers adage that, Things like that are not meant for you. Uh, stay away because it only will hurt you. Yeah, I never use uh, Facebook at all. Gary's van. And uh, is- however, it it does it does feel like a like a a place that maybe needed to be there because there are a lot of we cover a lot of topics here on this show, and it does seem like people want to maybe talk about them with one another. So I'm looking. Okay. I'll see if I can find it. If, if it involves logging into Facebook, then I won't be able to put it in the show notes, but yeah, right. And, and Google is not returning anything. If I just do Gary's van, Facebook, nah, I get, I get the first response is Gary Vaynerchuk, who is not, uh, anything to do with the show anymore. You know, I guess who is Gary Vaynerchuk? He started his life as the the sort of uh, wine guy, and he acquired one of the businesses that me and a buddy had started, and that's how I know him. But he's like a, um, I guess you would call him uh, like he's a sort of evangelizing, entrepreneurial, inspirational, motivational speaker 
these days. Oh yeah. Oh sure. That guy. But no, sure, nothing sure, sure. nothing coming up in um mm-mm. Nothing coming up. Nothing coming up here. in Gary's van. Yeah. Well, it might be so secret. It might be or it secret. might also be just a thing that um Oh, Iron Man three has a deleted scene, Gary's van. <laughs> My, my first thing that came up was Gary Van Wammerdam. <laughs> well, I see Gary Vaynerchuk. But Gary Van Wammerdam has um, has like a practical guide for changing thoughts and beliefs and emotional reactions. Okay. Um, so he's a self-helper too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is... a. I don't know where to find this because this is obviously not for me, but if you are a Facebook person, go on, um, yeah, go on there, go on, go yeah. on and see if you can find Gary's van and see if there's a community there that you like. 